1993, Final Approach changed the way we hunt waterfowl. Now, over 25 years later, we're back at it. My name's Mario, host of the FA Podcast. Let's talk waterfowl tips, tricks, tactics, and more. It's all going down right here with the Final Approach Podcast. All right, what's going on? It's Mario with Final Approach FA Podcast. We got a great guest on today. Uh, before we get into it, uh, big shout outs as always to our partners in crime, uh, Federal Ammunition, uh, the guys that keep us stocked and and uh, shooting at stuff all year, Weatherby uh, and the, the firearms that those guys make and Kyle and the guys over there that that pal around with us throughout the country and throughout the world and, and, and shoot stuff as well as uh, Roger Sporting Goods, where you can get everything you guys need for, heck, you name it. Fishing, the hunting, the camping, to freaking wearing your hay dudes, like whatever. And uh, and my buddy Tyler up at Saskatchewan Goose Company, uh, up in Saskatchewan. And, of course, uh, the new one that we put on was Loophole last year and all the eyewear and the optics and everything else. Like, they've been a partner and a friend of mine forever. So, figured we'd just include them on the deal. So, today, joining us... Uh, my my uh man my goomba like we've been we've known each other forever alex langbell at gundog outdoors he is a retired firefighter uh who now gets to live his life uh at a secret location shooting birds and chasing birds and training dogs and and actually uh looking out for everybody else's dog right bro you're all all the safety stuff all the stuff you got coming on all the all the dog stuff it's awesome yeah well you know my whole career being a, a firefighter for 26 years eventually a, a officer and a safety officer for our department and being a hunting guide for 10 years oh yeah oh yeah just everything my whole life has been safety and just making sure i mean you know we do dangerous stuff firefighting is dangerous um hunting people did think you know, it's it's a dangerous sport people die in it every year so um you know so people it's just something that it kind of was just a natural fit for me to think about that and some of the stuff i've seen um over the years um, not yep. both in the fire service and and the hunting industry you know it's just like man and people need to be educated so that's where i kind of came in using my, my little skill set that i kind of had well, I mean, it's a natural, like the first aid, right? So the first aid kit that you have, like nobody, nobody had a specific dog first aid kit. Like, listen, and there were, there were crappy kits for just like people, right? Yep. And, and for then, dogs. There was, there's a few for dogs, but there was no thought put into them. There was just a bunch of stuff put into it that you figured, oh, this is what the basic first aid kit is. Yes. Basic. Yes. Yes. You you went you went further as far as like here's the situations and and this is where you went above and beyond like so so if people don't understand they understand now like you went above and beyond meaning that specific what is my hunting dog gonna be involved in he's exactly. gonna cut his paw he's gonna yep. get, get hypothermia he's gonna get dehydrated and and get heat stroke he's gonna get like like whatever porcupine in his face yep. like like whatever like you went there and said. Instead of just going, like you said, throwing stuff in a bag and going, okay, if your dog gets, you know, a headache, here's aspirin. Like, you know what I mean? Like you went, yeah. you went like, that, that route. 
Yes, because I've I've seen it. I've witnessed. I've seen dogs go into hypothermia. I've seen yes. dogs. I've seen dogs get ripped open by by wire. I've seen corn oh. stalks going to dogs. So you know, being in the hunting industry or being a hunter since yeah. I was twelve years old, you know, over forty something years, I'm just dated myself. But for a long, bro, for yeah, you ain't long, you telling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a spring chicken. <laughs> anyway, you know, just. Yeah. <laughs> just the stuff that i've seen and the knowledge you know yeah. this is stuff that i put together i carried and and i have to give kudos to you bro because you're the one when i came up this company you're like man you need to put together a first aid kit and i'm thinking i got one <laughs> you know and so i just kind of put a manual a together for the layman to, to kind good. of go yes and yes. kind of go through the different things that needed and so this was for, for me this was normal i always carried a first aid kit when i hunted just for the fact that i've seen so many in different injuries um and so it was just you know I, again you're right i i, I targeted specifics i Okay, what's gonna what happens when a dog gets a porcupine, you know, uh, you know, quills in the face, and the, how do you treat that? You know, you need good heavy forceps to pull them That's out. That's right. That's right. You know, and and just as things that, like I said, I, I feel really good about the kit. We've yeah. um, sold so many. Most of, them. Of, most of the stuff, most of the stuff that you put in and that you talk about, which is so crazy to me, but like, I remember as a kid, our dog getting a, you know, porcupine like hit with a. Oh, it was. Oh, bro, it's unbelievable how bad it was, right? I remember that. I remember uh, I, I, specifically my first dog, Onyx. I remember him chasing a cripple. We were in Idaho. I was filming with Buck Gardner, and I remember him running through the barbed wire fence, and it cut his ear. And I've never seen anything. I've never seen anything bleed more in my absolute life. Right. And And the cut, I mean, holy shit. The cut was half an inch, right? Yep. And I remember I had a I had like a dish towel in the truck, and and Buck was driving to the vet, and there was like a horse vet. That was the closest vet we could find, right? Mm -hmm. I remember holding the rag, and by the time we got there, I could I could just I could just like squeeze the blood out of that. That's yeah. how much it was. I never seen anything in my life. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and then this past year, you know, and I want to talk about this specifically. Uh, Jet got hypothermia, and and I, you know, you talk about it, and I've read about it, right? But it's never happened to me in all the years, right? And then we come over and hunt with you, uh, you know, when it's 10 degrees, or okay. it's 8 degrees, and we're on, like, a warm water slough, and it's like, the dog's going, 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 and, and nothing, right? So I'm here at home, and it's like... 38 degrees right it's not it's not freezing cold right it's not single digits right mm -hmm. and it just seems like he was in the water a lot chasing cripples right i'm not saying i didn't have good shooters with me that day i'm just saying he was in the water a lot chasing cripples so you do the math right so i didn't really think about it much right because i'm thinking i'm thinking temperature right i'm thinking like I'm not thinking hypothermia because I'm thinking like, listen, we're only in the 30s, but I wasn't thinking the duration in the cold water, right? Right. right. And I remember going out, it's it's late afternoon. We're not, you know, there's like an hour to go for shoot time at least or more. And and the and Jet's just being like, I don't know, he's just kind of dinking along, going slower. And I go out with him this time because I'm like, what's going on, bud? 
and I send him and he goes and he's going weaving through the corn and he grabs the duck and he's coming back and he goes underwater. And I was like, whoa. And I, and I like run to him and I like grab him by the collar and pick him up. And I'm like, but are you okay? And he kind of shakes his face off and I go, Let, let's go. So I grab the bird and we're walking back to the blind and like the water's not that deep. Right. So he's still walking and bro, he goes under in his face again. And I was like, holy shit. So I grab him, I pick him up and I, and I like run back to the blind. I throw the bird, I grab my stuff and I put him up on this. He's been out of the water. Right. But it was just the duration of retrieves. So I get him out of the water. I run and I go get the side by side and I come ripping up and I get him in the side by side and I rip his uh, like vest off and I take my sweatshirt off because it's warm and I put my sweatshirt on him. I turn the heat up in the side by side and I'm gone. Right. I, I get to the, the shack, the duck shack, and I get him out and I put him in there and he's like, he's like sitting there and and I'm telling this story so people can understand like what the hell you're looking for. And he just starts like, he's sitting there and he just goes like that. He just twitches like almost like a seizure. Mm -hmm. And then he, then nothing. And I'm like, Holy shit. So then I go get some food and some snacks out of the truck for him, dog treats. And I just start jamming food in his mouth. Right. And I, I give him a little bit of water and more food and, and I'm warming the truck up and I get him in the front seat. I dry him off and I got the heat on so high. Like I am, you know, I'm gagging. Right. And I'm off to the vet and he's like doing this, like every couple minutes, I'm like, Holy shit, I'm in trouble. Right. And I am flying to the vet. I got my hazards on and I'm not giving a shit who pulls me over. Like I'm gone. So it takes me like 15 minutes to get to the vet. And, and I'm jamming more food in his mouth as we go. And, and it's warm. And by the time I get there, he's done like seizing, but he still doesn't look right. So I dry him off more. I get him on the leash. I go in the vet and it's a 24 hour vet. Cause by this time it's whatever after hours. So I get in there, I explain to the lady, the doc, what's going on. She takes him in. She's like looking at him doing stuff. And by that time he's like wagging his tail a little bit and he kind of seems like he's kind of coming back to normal. So she gets him warm. She checks his temp and his temp was low, but it was coming back up. So she kept him in there for a little bit, gave him a couple more snacks. And, you know, I'm in there for about an hour and she came out to ask questions and back and she, in that hour, he like went back to normal. So the huge thing was getting him dry, being quick and getting some food in him. But my my lack of knowledge on the time in the water, I probably should have like limited his water time, uh, probably gave him more snacks earlier, you know, so, so that's what I should have did, you know, to prevent that. And I don't know what else I could have did because he was on a platform out of the water the whole time, but I think it was just the duration of in the water time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's the biggest misconcept about hypothermia. People think that, oh, it has to be brutally cold for your dog or you right. get hypothermia. It doesn't. You just have to have a lower body temperature that, than you normally would have. And a yes. dog's temperature, you know, and that's and it's exposure over. And there's a lot of things that play into the fact of they could be low. Say they your dog didn't eat. You don't feed your dog before you hunt. Some a lot of guys don't. I give right. my dog a little bit, of, but that's energy. 
Food is energy, is heat, and they need that to keep their bodies warm and functioning. And and, and especially if they're they're swimming a lot, like you're doing, or running a lot, that's energy that and they're not getting it and all of a sudden what you think is a safe temperature at 40 degrees when there's no energy they're tired they're exhausted you're right you know and that's a thing that people don't understand um on that concept but that's why it's so important there's certain things you can do to prevent that and a simple 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 fix to do is grab yourself a little mr buddy heater the little portable one with a one can propane thing yep. throw it in your blind bag or have it with you and i sometimes i don't even fire it up but that is for my dog that is yep. for emergency cases that's if you are out in a boat somewhere or you it's going to take you a while to get to a vet that is your emergency heat right there you get the dog you did everything right as far as dry, right. drying them off getting heat on them right that's the right thing you needed to do but again, you know, to preventative maintenance stuff, like you just you just don't, and you gotta watch for it. And that's once you you see the signs. What happens is when you go into hypothermia, your body is it's it's basically all your blood is going away from your limbs because it wants to keep your vital organs like your heart and your lungs and your liver, everything else functioning. So that's what was happening with your dog. As he was walking, he was losing the function of his limbs and he'd fall in the water. And that's why people drowned when they get in hypothermia because they can't use their limbs anymore. Yeah, same thing. And so, yeah, so it's just, it's monitoring. And that's what's nice about this. You don't have to buy the first aid kit. You can simply look up signs of hypothermia in a dog and it'll tell you droopy tail, lethargic, blue gums um just won't get in the water acting yes. different all that stuff that you mentioned that's it's typical signs of hypothermia in a dog and so that's you know and, that, and then you can reverse that really easy like you did yes but it's a lot easier to reverse it when it's just this, this, it's starting to come on than when it's full-blown it was on it yes. was on like i like it came on so fast and 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 that's why that's why it freaked me out because it was so fast like so that last retrieve I sent him on, I sent him and he like no goad me. Right. He was like, and whining a little bit. And I was like, that's weird. And I was like, and I sent, I sent him again and he went and he was just like kind of doing that. And I didn't see his tail droop. I didn't, I didn't see any of that. So it wasn't until he was coming back where he was like, really like, like, and he was doing this kind of like, no, like, I know this looks stupid on me, but he was kind of doing this. Right. Like, I'm like, I, I don't know if he was like, like my legs are kind of working or I feel kind of drunk. Like he was feeling it, but it all came on so fast. And like you said, the heat, like I always have the, the, the Mr. Heater in the boat. Like I always got that in the boat, no problem. And he's out of the water. And I never would have thought it would have happened there, but it was the length of exposure. Like you said, if he was in and out of the water only a couple of times that day, he would have never had it right but it was the length of exposure it was it was it was, a, it, was it was a combination of everything i'm sure it was yes like, and i feed him in the morning like you i give yeah. him a little bit and then yeah. i feed him at night because that's what they say is kind of the yeah. best thing to do because then he's got energy like through the next day right and you want to settle his stomach you don't want to run him on running him on food yeah. so i i do that so so you you're 100 right on all that stuff you know and another thing too is what i've started doing is bring some snacks for the dog like yes. when they're working feed yes. them especially when they're getting cold and stuff like heat just you know like when we get cold we eat or something and all of a sudden it kind of warms up same There's thing no with the dog. you don't have to feed them a ton but just yep. give them you know a little healthy snack or something for yep. them i keep my blind bag and make sure they get plenty of water because 
sometimes you're you know when you're hunting ponds and stuff you really don't have to worry about they'll drink that but you're hunting yeah. 10 degrees in a field and they're running and they're retrieving 30 geese you, you know they're work is work right work is work that's right and they're running back yeah so yep. it doesn't matter it's just like that's a big thing i really try to get across to people Agreed. just really pay attention to your dog because you're, you're right it, it happens so fast and that's the Wait. same thing with hyperthermia when they overheat and that's even deadlier that's a right. number one kill in working canines is hyperthermia Jeez. i mean it kills something like 40 um upland bird dogs in wisconsin i think like three years ago an opening day or some opening weekend Jesus. and yeah, see and so can. let's talk so let's talk about that because i can tell you for a fact like because so my buddy david uh who hunts with me david's dog is from california like is like a california dog like it it he runs in the heat way better than jet is a washington dog don't ask me how this shit is different, right? But but Jet is not like a hot weather dog. So I got to make sure if it's hot, I got to do it early. I got to get them done. I got to water them a lot. Like it's totally different than David's dog. Like, and I, I don't know if if that's like the way it goes, but that's what I see. It is, it, it, it is. Just like you and I, I live in Montana. I go down to Las Vegas and I die. I can't work. It's heat or wherever going to the South. Right. And the same thing, your body gets acclimated. You know, you, you, it really does to where you're living. So yeah. if you take a dog who is a warm weather dog that say hunts Texas all the time, you bring them up and you go hunt the Dakotas or something like that. They don't have the body fat or the endurance nope. or the, 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 you know, not till they kind of get accustomed to that. That's so that's yep. something when you start traveling and going all over this country and you're bringing your dog, really pay attention to the environment. And if you're from a Southern state, you know, and you're coming to hunt these Northern states where it gets brutally cold and they're be ready. Cold. Yeah. Be, be ready. And just it's, you can do it, but you got to do it in baby steps. It doesn't, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with if your dog is showing that science to stop using them, yeah. put, give them a break, put them in the truck, warm them up, whatever you need to do, yeah. um, you know, it, cause your dog, your dog will tell you. I mean, they can't sit there and physically say, I'm overheating, I'm about to die. But you can look at them and understand when your dog's laying there on its side, excessively panting. Yes. <laughs> you know, and and yeah. So you got to know the signs. So so what so as far as like, so like I said, he's not he's not a hot weather dog. So I gotta watch what I'm doing. So I'm I'm super careful when I'm running them. I'm, you know, we run some bumpers and then I water them. And then when he's not running and say uh, David's running his dog, like I make sure Jet's in shade, right? Yep, so, that's so that heat, yep. You know, so what, I mean, you know, black dog heat just draws to him. I mean, you could feel it on his coat. So if he's not in the shade, like I'm already fighting a battle. So what else, I mean, what else can I do? Like, I don't know the signs of, of, heat exposure like i don't i don't know that so what what yeah. will i watch for there because man it was it was some scary shit this past year i'm not gonna lie i yeah. was freaking well, out with heat exposure um there's some typical signs obviously the the over excessive panting when they're just panting excessively if the, you feel them and they're just hot hot to the touch dark red gums they you okay. look at their gums gums a big sign people that understand is. it is you look at the gums and they'll, they'll tell you dark red gums 
is a sign for heat exposure or over, excuse me, hyperthermia, which is overheating. Right. And hypothermia or, you know, losing your body temperature is going to be like a bluish gray gums. I was just going to say like a what, like a what, like, as I could see, she looked at it too when I got him in there and she opened his, and you could tell he was like, like you said, grayish, whitish. It almost was like it wasn't blue, but man, it had a crazy tint to it. Yes. I've never seen his mouth like that. So, man, and I didn't look at that. You know what I mean? I was just so panicked with everything else that I figured that's which way it was going. I didn't even look in his mouth. I just ran. So, okay, so so real dark gums. Okay. Yep. Warm to the touch, racing heartbeat, and oh, laying yeah. there, laying on the ground, not even wanting to get up, excessively panicking, trying to find some shade to lay in there, looking for water. There's something you, you just your dog will tell yeah. you if he's just not acting normal, you know, you yes. saw your dog not acting normal. Yeah, now it's the first, that's the first time, and, and you got to pay attention. I mean, I know we get on some of these hunts that are just so smasher, you know, <laughs> so good hunting, or you're just going, going, going. Yeah, and you just lose track of where your dog's at because they're they're just going as well. Yeah, and so yeah, it's an important thing that we, we really want to educate, you know, new dog owners and, and young hunters on the importance of just just physically looking at your dog sitting there those are two, two things that are very dangerous that um can get away with you get away from you really quick like like you were saying luckily you're close to your your quad and your bro bed. you're lucky you're but, i know, you know i'm lucky you go up to canada like when when we were up in canada and i had a dog run in a cornstalk and impale himself in a cornstalk with a sticking out and blood gushing out <laughs> and you, you want to talk about like ruining a hunt oh yeah my where's God. your nearest vet you're like right? you're like holy shit like yeah. where am i i'm in the middle of nowhere like the next yes. town's like an hour away or whatever and 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 i will say this too like you were talking about guys traveling or gals and any hunters out there that travel do yourself a favor and this is total like be ready wherever you're staying wherever you guys are hunting find the nearest vet in case there is emergency. Cause I can tell you, I was panicked and I knew there was a vet like close to me and that was closed. So then I had to turn and go to the other vet. So it, an ounce of prevention, they always say, right? So if you're on the road, know where the nearest vet is just in case, like it literally, like you're, you're dinking around on your phone, you know, looking at Facebook and looking at IG and doing all that BS, find where the nearest vet is just because, you know what I mean? Like you need to know where it is. That will save you time. And, and, you know, not, just to, honestly, the, the aid kit I put together, that aid kit has the ability to reverse hypothermia, yep. has the directions on how to do it, the, yep. how to reverse hypothermia, how to stop um, ex- bleeding that could end the dog's life. It's just a kit that's basically designed to keep the dog alive till you can get it to the vet, you know? And I mean, so it's just have yourself first aid kit, do exactly what you said, know where the closest vet is, especially yeah. if it's at, find out where the after hours vet is. Yes. That's even more important, bro. <laughs> yes. Cause it's when's, when's it going to happen? Yep. When more time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so no good stuff. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. And and I will say, like, listen, everybody, like, like I remember when you came out with the water bottle that you tip and you and you press the button and water goes in it and they could drink out of it. And and everybody's like, oh, it's just a water bottle. 
and and i'm telling you right now you can clip it to your belt your vest like have it in your blind bag like i've had it in the blind bag like that thing is way better than carrying like a bottle and a freaking bowl because i know you have the fold-up bowls but wherever you are like there's always like there's never like flat ground or whatever like you're always there so the bottle to me is the most important thing i have one in the boat and i have one in my blind bag so you know you could say it's just a bottle but i'm telling you it's not just a bottle like that will save your ass at some point whether it's hot or cold on water and, and what's nice about that bottle is you, you're not wasting water because if they don't drink out of the cup that's built in, it pours right back in the bottle. Whereas you pour it in a bowl, they don't drink it. What are you doing? You're throwing it in the, you're not going to pour it back in your water bottle. So 100%. it just saves so much water, especially for your upland bird hunters and, and guys who are really having to water their dogs. And people, yeah. again, they forget. They might think it's it's they're hunting in a layout blind and it's middle of winter and oh I'm not very thirsty. You're not running out there retrieving thirty freaking geese. I know as as you can. I I have so much so much footage of my dog coming back panting and it's ten degrees out and she's just like dying. So it's very important. One thing is again educating hunters that. hydrating your dog yes it's so critical to keeping it healthy and safe in the field so that's why we came yeah. hydrating and snacks like when you're like when when the hunt's going good and you're hydrating and you're eating like they should be hydrating and they should be eating something you know what i mean i mean that's an easy rule you know what i mean so or at least like like you were saying like when it gets hot and crazy and you're going for like a half an hour and it's just like mayhem as soon as you get a break water give them a snack or two or her, you know what I mean? And keep them, you know, up to speed on what's going on. Because I'm telling you, the last thing you want to be doing it, doing is scrambling when something is wrong. It's not fun. I can tell you firsthand that that was not fun. No, and, and, uh, uh, Risa, uh, who used to work at loophole and now is at RMEF. She was with me and she's a dog lover too. And she was like, she was freaking too. She was freaking out. And she's trying to help and she's doing everything she could. So like, at least I had somebody else there and there was a couple other hunters, like, like, she's like, okay, we need to do this. We need to do that. And I'm like, yes, I got this. I'm jamming food. And it's not like, we're just going. So yeah, it was, it was wild. So yeah, hopefully if everybody, you know, you know, looks at your site, gets the first aid kit, you know, knows what to do, keeps an eye on where the vet is, where they're hunting, like, and the after hours vet, like you got to know where that is. Like, like all that is going to help like tremendously. Yep. Absolutely. Being prepared. Yes. Uh, totally being totally. prepared. Yep. And that's something like just being a firefighter. That's you gotta be, you just, gotta, right. it's just something. And, and, you know, it's a training too. Like it's intense on a situation when someone's injured or there's life threatening situation when you're a trained professional, like I would did for so many years, you know, and when you're someone who doesn't have the training or are not used to the intensity of the situation you want to talk about it 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 really you'll get done with it and you'll literally sit there and just start like i don't want to say shaking but literally like what just happened and you just don't i've been in situations where i pulled people out of cars and stuff like that and and you it's so hard to remain calm you know when they're stuff like that so anyway just that was me literally like like got to the vet, did all that. And, and it was, here's, here's the one thing that was really weird too. And, and I don't know, be ready for this in case you don't get to like a, 
uh, a normal, like not a normal vet, but a hunting vet. Like, okay, so the vet I went to was like an after hours vet. And, you know, we're talking about December, right? So Jet looks like, you know, you could see his ribs, you know, no matter how much food I feed him, like we've been going for months, right? Yeah. Yep. And the lady and the, and the doc is like, asking me like do i feed the dog like (laughs) and i'm like i'm like i'm like doc listen i can't jam any more food in this dog like he gets like we we stop at mcdonald's and he gets like just the burger like he gets the fat like i just flick him the burger no bun no pickles right no like just he gets it and i'm like you know he gets a lot of treats and i was like we just were off today on treats and food and the cold uh and she's like and i was like he's about this weight usually during the off season i was like but when we're grinding like you just can't keep weight on them so i don't know be prepared for that friggin' question <laughs> yeah it is it's it's tough but no i'm glad it all worked out for you it's i hate i hate uh oh and listen i was a wreck team. like when I came out of the vet, right, and he was like, dude, he was like, you know, pissing on every bush, and he was like, hey, he's like, oh, shit, I get to ride in the front, you know, he gets in the front seat, because, you know, I have the big kennel in the back, and I was like, well, I'm not riding there in the kennel, and I'm like, you can sit in the front on the way home, he was like, sitting there, and I literally looked over to him, and he's just like, you know, all fun and games, and I just sat back like this, and I was like, I took a deep breath and I was like, holy yeah. crap, like that was not fun. You know what yeah. I mean? And I had to call my wife on the way home and tell her what was going on. I'm like, just this is a, I, my blood pressure, bro, was probably through the roof because I'm not used to doing that like you. I was like, not good. So, so yeah, so be prepared, people. Yep, be prepared. There you go. Um, so let's let's talk about this stuff. We're talking with Alex Langbell, Gundog Outdoors. You can check him out online, gundogoutdoors.com. So let's talk about let's go training side, right? Because all this is is connected, meaning that if you don't train in the off season, and I'm not saying you got to be hardcore, you know, you got to run them every day, you got to run two hours every day. Like I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, make sure you exercise your dog. So you don't take him or her out on like opening day and run them into the ground. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I mean, you know, listen, you, I'm not going to lay on the couch all summer. I mean, I'm going to lay on the couch a good amount, but I, I got to do what I got to do to stay in shape to when we get going, you know what I mean? Especially, you know, obviously waterfowl hunters, you can sit around in the blind and do whatever and Hey, get the side by side or this or that, but whatever you got to be in some kind of shape. Like if you were big game, you would be training hardcore to, to do stuff. But I'm just saying you can't do that to your dog. So don't let them, you know, not be in some kind of shape when you hit the season. No, you're, you're spot on. And that's exactly right. And that's why it's so important to, and and I'm not talking training as far as, and it's important to train your dog as far as retrieving and all that stuff, but you're, we're talking training physically Yes. For I mean, you're not going to lay on the couch and then all of a sudden go run a marathon. Yep. And are you going to do that to this poor dog that's been laying in a kennel all summer, right. not working out, not gaining fat because you, you're too busy, you know, 
wakeboarding or hanging out with whatever yeah you know take it for a swim uh, swimming is one of the best exercises a dog can possibly do because it's good on their joints good on their bodies yeah. it works their whole body out let them run i i our, my dogs luckily i'm fortunate to live on a little piece of land we train i get on my four-wheeler because i'm old i'm not gonna run with these dogs <laughs> i get on my four-wheeler and we just make laps around the property till they got in and my dogs are in great shape. They're ready to go yep. opening day. They, they have endurance. They don't have to build up to it. So no training is very, very important. Like, you know, that people just sometimes they forget to do that. Um, but the dog, most dog people who are serious about it, they understand you and know, what it is. These, these are athletes. We're, that's we're, right. That's right. And, and as far as, and, and as far as food goes too, like I, I change his food. I've done this with every dog because I learned the hard way. But like my first off season, the dog got pretty heavy because I was still jamming that real high fat food in him that we run during the season, right? So I learned right then and there, I gotta, I gotta step back. You know, it's not puppy food. We're not talking puppies. We're talking adult dogs. I gotta dial back the fat content so he doesn't get heavy because we're not going to be hunting as much. We're still going to train, but we're not going to be as intense, you know, and all the time and out every day. And, you know, we're going 120 days or whatever we're going. Right. So I got to dial it back. So keep that in mind too. Cause that's, that's, that's huge. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause they're not burning it. So you can't, you can't stick it in and expect it to just disappear. Yeah. And you, and, and feed them a good quality dog food. I mean, you get the dog, the cheap dog food you buy at a grocery store. That's full of just garbage yes i mean you're not going to feed your kids that so where are you going to feed your dog who's got his lifespan is short their prime is even shorter and here yeah. you're going to jeopardize their health and their liver and their intestines by yep. feeding it dog food that just is just cheap as the you know cheapest stuff they get so spend a little bit of money don't be a cheap quit buying something yeah you're right toys for yourself and feed your damn dog well and 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 find something that works too because listen I mean, you know this, like some, some dogs like react to certain foods, whether there's something different in the food, like you got to find the right food. Like I, I found a food, like I've been on different foods for different dogs because like, like my last dog money, like you, he was on like, I think I'ms or somebody makes Costco, somebody makes Costco. Right. And Mm -hmm. And I went through a couple of different foods and then James, my buddy James was like, oh, try, try the Costco one. And I was like, okay, try it. And everything else that he ran through him would just like run through him. He'd have the, he'd have the runs. It was not good. And then finally I got to that Costco food and it was, he was more solid. I felt he was like better off. So I stuck with that. Yeah. This one with Jet. I got through a bunch of foods and I, I settled on this diamond dog food and, and, you know, listen, diamond doesn't pay me anything. Costco doesn't pay. Like, that's just the one that, that fits his body. It, it It's good for him. I feel he's got a lot of energy. I don't have any issues. Like he's not like itching. He's not, you know, cause there's all kinds of shit in like the dogs get, like everybody thinks it's like, Oh, the dog's just itching. Like, no, it's probably the food. It is uh, allergies, and a lot of dogs you'd be surprised have allergies to different yes. types of 
foods. It could be wheat products. It could be, it, there's so many different products that can just like us humans are get allergies to certain things. So you really got to yeah. find that perfect dog food, you know, and then just really stick with it. Honestly, you know, feed them, like I said, gets a good quality. A lot of these really high end dog foods are going to have the good, the right, you know, products in there and stuff yep. like that. So, yeah. Cause I go maintenance <laughs> in the summertime, like right after the season, I start maintenance food. Right. And then, you know, they always say like, don't just switch, you know, cold Turkey, you know, I'll do a scoop of the old, the, the hot stuff and a scoop of the, you know, like the dead, like the dead food, I call it. Cause it's like, there's, there's not much in it. Right. So, so then I'm mixing for about a month and then we're off to the maintenance. And then as we ramp up, I'll mix the, the hot stuff in, you know what I mean? So you gotta, you, you gotta like go, you know, step it in. You can't just go like, Oh, we're going to the hot food now. Like that's going to turn his guts. Yeah, you got to kind of slowly introduce the food to them so their system gets used to it. Yeah, and and so yeah, no, you're 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 right on money with that. What do you got? What do you got new that folks can be looking for? Um, like you have the first aid kits, you have the the release system, and uh, the collars yep. and yep. dog bowls. And I, what what do you got new this year? And and the water, like what's yep. new? We got, well, it's kind of neat. We came up with a dry bag that's specific for dog food. And what's nice about it, it's got a, a net netting around it where you can take the collapsible bowl, throw it in the netting. You have, it's a dry bag. You wrap it up. You can take it when you're hunting, traveling, whatever. It holds perfect. five pounds of dog food. Um, just a nice little bag, convenient. Um, throw the collapsible bowl in there. Oh. Take it with you. Um, another another item we just came up with, and it I should have came up with this. I don't know why I didn't think about it years ago, but <laughs> um, it is a uh, it is a slip cord that's got a quick release on it, and it's actually patent pending. Um, it is so slick, Mario. This thing is like you uses a regular slip cord, and okay. then and then basically. If you if it gets caught up or something, you just pull the quick release cord, the little cord on it, and it releases the dog. And you can use it as a regular leash where you just clip it right to the leash. So basically, it's a, it is. It's a It's 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 awesome. We came up. I came up with the idea because we designed the quick release check cord for training dogs, where you can right. just pull the cord. You, you use the check cord. You want to release the dog. You just pull that trigger. The dog's released. With this system. It's the same concept, except we put it on a leash, and now you make a slip cord out of out of it. You just it clips right to the oh, nice. right to the lead. It is so slick. I'll have to send you one. You you just love I, it. It's just a great training tool, a great safety tool because right. the check cords can bind up. Now you're yes. choking the dog with this. Yep. If it for some reason binds up, you just pull a little the cord, and the dog's released. And so it's super super slick. We're gonna um, sell the hell I'm, out of those i'm these. pumped i'm pumped for the dry bag because i remember last year traveling i was like i had it in like a like a rubber made like a, a little yeah. box container and i was like and i think i even told you i was like i hope you come up with some because this thing sucks like i got it in the truck like i can't put it in like this is this is this is stupid so i'm pumped that you have that and i and i will say this too i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this up Okay. And I know you're not going to bring it up, so I'm going to bring it up. Okay. Don't people out there don't buy knockoff products that look like Alex's. Don't buy the bullshit because somebody ripped it off. Okay, <laughs> if you don't have a good ass idea by yourself, don't uh, rip somebody no. off. Who's who's? If you're a company, okay, 
Thank and you. we've tried not to do stuff. We have tried not to do stuff and 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 not rip somebody off because that is especially somebody who's a a business owner who's a person, not a company. So don't do that. That's shady. Yeah. Well, it's That's just my, you know the thing that like I don't. Started. I, I don't I don't call I try to think outside the box I try to be innovative like so do more, we like know. you know there's three things that we, we carry four things now five things actually that no one else carries it's innovative stuff that that is outside the box reinventing stuff and yes you, you, there's things that I'm gonna you know add to my line because it just makes sense that there other people make but it's just like if you're a company and you're going around knocking everyone else off it's like listen come, on <laughs> we're we're the same way like okay somebody could say well you guys make a decoy bag like okay come on like a deep like what can you do to a decoy bag like yeah you can yeah. put some features on some stuff or a yeah. blind bag or you, you know we put some innovation into some of our stuff but some stuff you just have to make okay like a dog a dog collar sure everybody can make a, a dog collar no problem but like when you do the same design or you do something like holy crap like you can't even come up with the same deal like like bro i don't know i get i get hot over certain things so especially when they especially like like listen i remember i and and you probably remember the same thing i remember when the first company ripped off randy bartz and the flag because randy bartz the flag man and i was like i was like why are they ripping off the flag man randy bartz has been a guide for his whole life older gentleman seasoned vet like like and i'm like that guy has a business and and this company needed they really needed to make a ten dollar flag to rip him off yeah. oh and of yeah. course you know everybody you know randy has passed and you know like i don't know just stuff like that like just drives me nuts like i just go crazy so uh i don't know so i'll leave that I'll leave that alone. So, but I'm I'm pumped about I'm pumped about the dry bag and the new stuff. Um, I will say the release system works only only to a certain extent that if you tie the dog to a, a log that isn't heavy enough, <laughs> he will drag it in the water yes. before you clip on it. Yeah. Like <laughs> you've seen that firsthand. Yeah. Jet, Jet, Jet the little... system worked great. It was the log that you tied it to <laughs> didn't work so good. That's one powerful dog when it can snap a when it can snap a log in half and take it down. Oh, he took it down the bank. And yeah. if you go to our last pass series, if you go to our YouTube channel and you go to the Montana hunts with with Alex and John and them, you'll see that because Jet got a little overexcited because some honkers came in. But you know, it was it was you know, listen, Jet doesn't weigh that much. He's only like fifty, like fifty two pounds, like like when he's at his heaviest, right in there. So he took the log, he took the log in, picked up the 10 pound goose and then brought the log brought and the goose, goose back yeah. in. <laughs> and the system was, didn't still break it off. No, he still on him. <laughs> <laughs> hey. We, we laughed. Tyler was with us from Saskatchewan. Tyler was laughing. Kyle from Weatherby was laughing. Everybody was laughing. It was like, oh my god and i was like that dog is too much but listen if you don't have laughs like that like you're doing it wrong you know what i mean like holy crap 
And boy, is he turning out to be a great dog. Oh my gosh. I watched him work. I was so impressed, bro. Yeah. If you want to watch a good dog work, you go, you go watch him. You say, he's a, he's a little, he's a little hard on the steady part. Like we're working on that. Like me and David yeah. are, have been working with that, like all off season. So I can tell you I'm working on that, but you know, the thing about it is like, he has, like, he wants to hunt like your dogs, like Ellie, she wants to hunt as much as you want to hunt. Right. He wants to go just as much as I want to go and gets just as much enjoyment out of it. So like some dogs, you just can't, you can't put that in any dog. Like they either have it or they don't like he's like, he gets in the truck and his, like, even, even if we go just for bumpers, like his head is about to explode. He's so excited to go. Like he has that drive. He loves it. So I'd rather have that. Every dog has it. Yeah. I have, I just, my, so I got my, you know, Ellie, my black lab, she's been around forever. She's basically called me six years. She is just a, she's an alpha female. She's a go-getter. She will go after my newest dog. That's actually in training right now. Loki. He's a, he's a, a Fox red or yellow, whatever you want to call him. He doesn't have that drive. He does. I mean, he's going to be a good dog, but he's not, he's going to be a very well-mannered in the blind dog. He's not going to, he just doesn't have that you know drive that a lot of the but that's a that's just his run his now demeanor got, right yes and now i got a new dog <laughs> <laughs> and this one is still a pup and it's um it's a, a boykin a, a boykin spaniel and uh, um it's a little dog i don't know if you the viewers have heard of them but they're oh i've seen they them very, yeah they don't get very big um they get about about 40 45 pounds is a big boykin are you gonna hunt the boykin are you gonna hunt absolutely i'm gonna hunt wait till you see this 40 pound dog bringing back a a 15 20 pound dog you just don't see him all over montana but we're gonna you're gonna see him this year on video and it's gonna well this whole okay so the backstory on this whole thing okay my wife really wanted a lap dog and i'm not gonna get a fucking yappy here's my language little lap dog this year so i was like i i got this i got I know. it i know what you mean i'm like here's your lap dog yes it's gonna retrieve ducks and geese and so <laughs> she she loves it's, it though it works yeah. there you go you got you nailed it on both both ends because i <laughs> listen both both my kids have like they, they have like a dander allergy so so I got to make sure like Jet's groomed all the time and he's only allowed in the house so much. And I set up like he has his own room in the garage, like I set up so he's good. But I remember looking for dogs and it was like, like, oh, like, let's get a Labradoodle or let's get it. And I was like, no, I was like, I, I know you kids want a dog, but I'm like, I- I'm not. I was like, we got them fish. They got fish. They got like, I'm not like, I am not doing a Labradoodle because I just can't do it. Holy crap. And there were some other dogs that were cool. Uh, There's this, there's this, there's this breed. It's called a Basenji, right? It looks like a a killer little, it looks like a herding dog, big, tall ears. He sits with his chest, like, and he's got a little curly tail. He, He almost looks like a small like husky kind of right and then i was like oh man look at that dog that looks killer and then i start reading about it and i'm going through the whole thing and it says like right on the thing bro you'll piss your pants it says uh not very trainable (laughs) okay and then it said doesn't like wet weather (laughs) and you're in western Oregon. 
Yeah. So, so, I'm, gonna I'm, learn you. <laughs> so I go like, like, really, is it really like that? So I start reading more and it's like, no, it's really like that. And I'm, I'm not, this is no BS, right? Last year, like in the fall, I see this lady walking a dog in the neighborhood and I drive by and I look and I'm like, holy crap, I think that's a Basenji, right? So I just keep going down the street because I was in traffic and I was like, holy crap. So no kidding. I see her like a week later and I get the pull, I pull right over and I jump out and I said, I'm not trying to scare you or nothing. I said, but is that a Basenji? And she's like, yeah. And I said, I was looking at one like because my kids are allergic and I want, she's like, oh yeah. And I was like, but it says like, they're not very trainable. And she's like, oh no, he's like, he wants to do his own thing. And I'm like, okay. And I was like, and then it says he doesn't like the wet weather. And she's like, oh, he hates it here. <laughs> <laughs> so, like thank god i didn't do that bro yeah right like, i was like but he looked cool he was such a cool dog yeah. but i was like yeah he yeah. doesn't want to be in oregon so i was like okay that's that's a no-go <laughs> yeah so we'll see how this dog adapts to montana but Holy I crap. Think he's gonna be fine we'll see i'll make him a hunter <laughs> that's that's awesome he got so, the drive he hey. certainly does, and he's all over birds, and he's that's he perfect. Does it. He retrieving now, and I mean, he's just a little thing, but he is just a he is just a ball of energy. Well, I'm telling you, I'm like, well, well, you don't have to pump that in him, right? Like, like I said, you oh. can't. Like, so, so my buddy James's dogs, he's had a bunch of great dogs that that have have drive, and then some were that really mannered, but then they had the on off switch, so then they could just go and then just chill. And then my buddy David, uh, and and his name is fitting. So David's dog's Nitro, right? Mm -hmm. That's his name, mm -hmm. bro. He's long and lean and tall. And when him and Jet, like when we let him out of the crates and they go, right? Jet mm -hmm. is always chasing Nitro, and and Nitro's doing like 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 two strides, and Jet's yeah. doing like ten, right? Because yeah. he's so long, and he is incredibly fast and he is incredible bro he is a stick of dynamite you know what i mean but yep. then you sit him like like david will put him down the down like in the in the dog blind like 40 yards from us and i'll tell you what that dog does not move so he's been a really good influence on jet great learning stuff and that helps like that helps a lot so ellie's gonna help the young dog Absolutely. 100%, 100%. And that's like so key because, you know, like Jet's like watching Nitro and the bumper goes and Nitro doesn't go and Jet knows, you know, his ass better not move like, okay. And then he goes. So we're working together. So, you know, that helps. So, you know, and, and somebody called me a couple of weeks ago asking me about some dog stuff. And I'm like, dude, I'm not the guy, but I'll, what, what I'll tell you is like, get into a retriever club, get with some guys who have dogs. Like you need to get in a group so you can throw bumpers for each other, train, all that kind of stuff. Like you gotta have, I'm not saying you have to, but if you want to step it up, like that's the thing to do. Definitely. Yeah. It's easier to work with someone's there to help you. Yep. Um, even if it's your wife and you, or your, you know, your husband or whatever. Um, and I mean, if you're the wife, I don't mean you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> What are you trying to say, bro? Nothing. Um, so anyway, you know, it helps when you have other people to, to you know, help train with you. and throw It does. And especially, and they're learning to, and it can be fun. But 
yeah, yeah it's, important. it's important if you're going to spend the money and get yourself a good dog to spend the time and train them especially that first year get the yep. basic underneath them teach them good manners make them good citizens because all the other stuff kind of comes with it so you know in fact i, I actually just sent my our dog off uh, loki like i was saying two months ago to the trainer i've never done that i've trained my dog since i was 12 years old yeah it's time though bro it's it's time that's the problem with me now i'm doing so much stuff on the farm yeah it's just like i can't commit to that and and it's not fair to that dog yeah. If they don't put the time in to train him correctly. So that's what, where, where did you send him? Do you want to say, or no? Yeah, no, I can. It's a, it's a friend of mine. His name's Alex Rim. He owns um, West side kennels in Missoula, Montana. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a really good guy. He um, just good. Um, he does a lot of natural. He doesn't use uh, the e-collar. It's a lot of natural training. So he's just, uh, you know, he's a good guy. He's, he's, he works from some uh, really reputable trainers um, around the country and he knows them. And, and so he just started awesome. his own operation. He's close by, you know, I mean, close enough for our drive. Yeah. So it works out and, uh, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll well, be fun. and, and, and like you, like if he, he's going there he's going to get the basics he's going to get all tuned up so then when he gets <clears throat> when he gets home then you could just pick it up from there and go like <laughs> i don't want to say like all the tedious stuff is done but it kind of is at that point it like is. you're yeah. weighing your yes. you're weighing your time versus like you know do you want to force fetch him do you want to like sit yeah. see you know like listen bro that's i'm not what saying like a monkey can do that but but like it's it's a time versus money versus everything. And, and the thing too, is like, people don't understand. You can mess up a dog, do, like giving it little quirks because you forgot to train it to um, say, I don't want to say gun shy, but there's just some things you can forget to do, or you don't do it correctly. And all of a sudden now your dog has this bad habit that yep. you created because you forgot to, you know, I mean, like, for example, being given a manners and like not jumping out of a kennel when you open it or, yes. or feeding it, being, having manners, stuff like that, little things like that. If you don't, you don't, you know, pay attention to that. That's what's nice about having a professional trainer that they're going to, they're going to address all those little things that um, that's important. That you might forget. Right. And, yep. and listen, I learned, I learned so much, like I'm only, listen, I'm only in three dogs, right? This is my third one that I've had. You know, we had dogs when I was a kid, like that doesn't count. Like this is my third dog, right? And I've learned so much on the other two that going into this one, like I wanted to be more hands-on. <clears throat> uh, I didn't want to force fetch him because I was so afraid I was going to do it wrong. So I had 100%. So I had, I had James do the force fetching james has worked with hundreds of dogs he learned from a really great trainer out here robin and he he knows what he's doing so i had james do that and james helped me on a, like so many other things like it's stupid and he helped me on the last dog as well um so i just wanted to be more hands-on and i learned a bunch more from watching what i did with the last two dogs on where like listen it's everything else where I could have done better or where I screwed up or where I was doing the right thing, but I needed to do it a different way. So the dog got it. Like, dude, you learn so much. It's like painful how much, you know, you can learn. And plus, you know, being like having the dog at the trainer, making sure you do the same thing as the trainer when he comes back or she comes back or going up to train a couple of days with the trainer, like all that falls into place. There's no doubt. 
There's a lot yep. of it. Yep. So no, you're you're right. All that stuff plays. So plays. there's lots. What else? Uh, anything else you want to hit? I mean, we covered a lot of good stuff. Like like people, be prepared for the season. Yep. Safety. Yep. Your exercise. exercise. Yep. Food. Your if you're gonna hunt early season, get them out there, train them, throw some bumpers, get them used to that heat. Yeah, because um, does you know early season they can get pretty hot, especially if you're an upland bird. You know, dog, get them out or hunter, yep. get them out there running around. Um, just yep. get them acclimated to it. Um, monitor their health. Lots yep. of lots of water, uh, good food, um, and you know, because you want to you want to get the most out of that dog. You want their life to be um, as long, you know, live as long as they can. Yep. Their, their life's not very long. You know, you get maybe twelve years if you're lucky. 14, if you're lucky, right? Lab. And then, um, you know, and then their prime is even shorter. You know, they don't reach their prime till they're about four or five years old. And then, and then they get, they start regressing after that. You know, the, a, a 10 year old dog can't hunt every day or do I know. The intense hunt. So yeah. your window of being in their prime is very short. And, and, you know, so take care of your dog. And that's the big thing I try to get across when I'm um, traveling the country and, and I'm going to shows and stuff like that and talking to people and doing podcasts and writing and stuff. It's about just education. And I think it's, it's, we're doing good things because I've, I'm, I've got um, the dog clubs now coming up and telling me that we've been inspirational in, in bringing veterinarians in and um, doing classes on how to take care of your dog and stuff like that. And that's huge. You know, that's exactly what I want to do. And it just takes a little bit of education awareness. No one, no one taught you or I how to take care of our dogs when we were growing up. They, we yeah. learned about training them, but yeah. no one ever taught about what happens to them, you know, how to identify things that are going on in, in different situations. So that's the one thing that our, my whole mission about this company is not, it's not just selling product. It's about the support and the education awareness of the safety of hunting dogs. And so, yeah. Bro, listen, bro, you're doing great. You're doing great stuff. Appreciate I'm, that. I'm happy for you. I I'm, I'm like jumping up and down all the time when you come up with something. Cause I think it's killer. Uh, I love watching you succeed. That's the cool thing because, you know, listen, you've been around a long time in the, in the industry and doing stuff for, you know, we always, we always talk about that, you know, doing stuff for everybody else. And it's like, now you get to do stuff for yourself. Like that's killer. And, yeah. and you're killing it. And, you know, like, it's crazy. Like I see you when we go to shows and it's like, you can't even, you ain't got five minutes to talk because everybody's in there and, and buying <laughs> stuff. Like it's, I love, I love seeing it. I love going by the booth and just shit's fine. Like collars, I'm getting this, <laughs> we're get like, bro. I love it. I love we it. Go, we just expanded this year to a 30 foot booth. Like now, because all of I our, love it. just the size of our, our products and just we're growing, you know, and that's <clears> great. <throat> just like, I just love it. And I love the fact that people come up and talk to me and because I'm a very approachable, I, I never had an ego, you know that even when oh, I was Oh yeah, doing definitely, stuff, bud. I did people, you know, and they, and when I see these guys, it's so humbling when I see these guys who are in their thirties, early thirties, they come up to me and they're like, dude, I was watching you. You've been such an inspiration. I was watching you when I was 12 years old. I'm like, oh man, I'm old. <laughs> I'm like, oh, but I, I appreciate that. So if you don't ever hesitate, if you see me at a, an event or a show, please come up and let's talk hunting. I love it. I really do. <laughs> you're going to, you're going to crack on this. Listen to this stuff. So, so we, we're up in Canada, uh, last spring, right. And we're up there and some kid says to me, uh, man, he's like, you look, you look familiar. And I was like, 
Okay. And I was like, well, I, I, I've kind of been in the business for a little bit. And he said, he said, did you work for Buck Gardner? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he said, did you hunt with Buck like on the Snake River? And I was like, I was like, oh yeah. And he's like, I think I have that DVD. He's like, it was uh, called like something in America. And I said, oh yeah, made in America. I said, we, we, we didn't go to Canada that year. So we filmed everything in the States. And he's like, yeah, I have the DVD. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. He goes I've back been, a little bit. Been, yep. That's way to date me. <laughs> yep. Well, good but deal. Listen, it comes with, you know, age, you get wisdom, you learn a bunch of stuff and you're the type of guy. And I'm the same way. Like, don't have egos we don't like all that's checked like if i can help you in any way with anything that i know i will do it and and you're the same way and i and i think maybe that's i don't i don't know if that's like the way we came in through the industry or who we learned from or whatever but and and i'm not saying kids aren't doing that today i'm just saying like we're very approachable like you can come up to me like you like something, you don't like something, you, you, Hey, this, I don't like this because of something like, bro, I'll listen to anybody. Like if I think we could make something better or do something to help somebody in the field, like that's why what we're, that's what we're doing at final approach. So that's, that's what you're doing. Like you're okay. trying to make products, you're trying to make good stuff. You're trying to be accessible. Yep. You're trying to help people. You're trying to help the waterfowlers. You're trying to help their dogs. You're trying to help them have a better time, safer time. Like, like, like we stand behind the products. Like if something's wrong, like I look like, you know, the thing that people like, I don't think they believe me, but like, okay, your company's small, right? Uh, you answer your emails for like customer service, right? Like if something's wrong. Sometimes, well, and I've actually grown up to where I actually have someone to answer my customer service. But, but if something's like, wrong, you're there to help. Like you're, you're, you're a step away. Oh. Right, hundred percent. Our customer service is second to none. Absolutely, it is. So, dogs are the first thing. Customer service is the second thing. Right. So the same thing with us. Like everybody's like, oh well, Final Approach is a big company, da da da. And I'm like, bro, I look at the customer service emails every morning, if not every other morning, to see that oh, everything yeah. is okay and there's no issues. Oh yeah. And they're like, like, no, yeah. you have you have like a bot or something. I'm like, no, I do that. There's me and a guy at the office that look at that every day or every other day and make sure there's no issues. So we are tuned in. We're not here to, we're here to help. We're here to make good products. We're here to like enjoy waterfowling and our passion. And like, that's what we're about. So, and that's what you're about, bro. That's why I love seeing you succeed and you're killing it. And I love it. I love every minute of it. Same with you, man, because like I said, you, you, for those, you know, guys starting off in the industry, I always give my best advice is just be be a good, humble individual, work hard, take the high road. You're going to people are going to try to try to mess with you or just try to it, just take the high road. Don't talk crap about people, you know, and, and it's all it's always worked out. It's worked for me. So I'm I, and same with you. So, well, and I try to I try to do exactly what I need to do. Hold on. My camera just switched off for a second, but. I'll go back to the close camera. See what happens there. there Hold on. Go. Hold on. I'm holding. Holy God! What's up? <laughs> well, we'll close. We'll close with the tight here. We'll close with the tight camera. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Uh, you online, gundogoutdoors.com. Is there anything else you want to pimp or talk about or anything? Just head over there if you need 
no. buy something. If you got questions, if you got anything, if you yep. need something for your dog or you have anything, you need to go to Alex and just yep. do it. And that's it. Yep. Come by. It'll be doing, uh, we doing three shows this year before we get into the hunt season. We got uh, the Delta show down yep. in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is the end of July. Yep. Come by the booth. Um, say you watch this podcast and I'll give you some free. There you go. Come find <laughs> them. Yep. Come go find, find them when the podcasts are up. Go go look for Alex at all the shows and go see him. And then we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, buddy. All right, gundogoutdoors.com. Appreciate everybody checking out the FA podcasts. Big shout out to the Federal Weatherby, uh, Rogers, and Leupold, and of course, Saskoose Company and my buddy Tyler up there. That's the FA podcast for today. Appreciate you. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, FABrand.com is the website. Uh, you can check us out on, and same with Alex, on all his uh, social pages. Uh, check out that. Check out our social pages, our YouTube channel, everything. Like we're accessible. Come find us, email us, whatever. We're all good. Bro, big ups. Can't wait to see you again. And uh, we'll be hunting soon. Just hang in there. Absolutely.